This is the Mind the Gap Podcast, Episode 8. Hello, I'm Dr. Brandon Party Cooper. And I am Pastor Matt Wozbinski. And this is Mind the Gap, a podcast designed to help ministry leaders like you fill the gap between your ministry training and your week-to-week experience. Happy quarantine, Matt. Happy quarantine, Brandon. We are both still alive. We are. We are both still relatively sane, it appears. Yeah, day 4,421. (laughs) (laughs) At least that's what it feels like at this point. Like, uh, I feel like this has gone on forever. Yeah, I feel like we've kind of reached that point where, like, I don't know how long it's been. I know it's been like ballpark a month. No, since like almost two. Has, that's a, okay. So also, <laughs> that's the other thing is like, when did it start? Like, what technically is like day one of quarantine? Uh, I want to say like March thirteenth, somewhere around there. Oh my gosh, that's insane. Yeah, yeah. Like it all just kind of bleeds together, and the days of the week are all kind of the same, and yeah, but. We're we're doing good. Yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. cruising I, along. I think at this point the ca- the biggest casualty is my hair since I can't go get it cut. Yes, I was going to ask. Out of control. Yeah, I I was blessed with a wife who has a cosmetology license, so <laughs> I've gotten my hair cut. And so shout out to Ashley. Thank nice. you so much for that. Yeah. But yeah, it's super funny because that's actually becoming like an online trend is yeah. having cut. like <laughs> co- quarantine cuts and yeah. having like your spouse just cut your hair. Um, yeah so luckily like that's just my normal life anyways and so very very grateful for that yeah we've played with the idea of getting the clippers out and just just going old school yeah college brand summer mode (laughs) yeah and just buzzing it yep brandon fun fact everyone if you're listening to this you won't appreciate it but brandon back in the day like before i think i even knew you like looked like a bouncer like when he shaved his head, like yes. he had like a full on, like very, very, very low guard sort of thing. Yeah. Very yeah. intimidating. Almost bald. And then I had the goatee. Did you ever see that? Yes. Little, yep. 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 And so that combo made him someone not very approachable in my <laughs> opinion, but yeah. he's, he's softened up a little bit. So that's yeah. good. <laughs> so what happens when you get married. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> well, we are, like I said, deep into quarantine. Um, but we're also starting to talk about opening things up. You know, different mm-hmm. states are talking about, um, you know, starting to open up some non-essential businesses. I know here in Iowa, churches are uh, free and clear. And so if they choose to open up, uh, they can. And so we're kind of in this weird in-between. Um, we're not in full quarantine anymore. We're starting to switch from in quarantine to start thinking about post-quarantine but mm-hmm. post quarantine still quite a ways out. We're talking, you know, weeks and months probably before we're fully opened. Um, and so we're just kind of in this weird spot and it's also bringing to light this, uh, this new challenge for churches and for pastors, you know, many churches now have this online community, this online church that they've you know built over the last couple of months. And they're going to have to start asking the question, what do we do with this online church that we've built? Yeah. And it's like this really interesting kind of problem that we have. Right. Um, We've been having, you know, we have pastors in our chat when people are online and we've seen people from different States, different countries Mm -hmm. uh, tuning in and watching service, which obviously is amazing. And that's awesome. 
but uh, let's say you have this rant. Let's say you are a pastor. You have a hundred people normally come to your church. The government says, Hey, you can open up again. You've just been Facebook living, but people have been sharing it. And now you have this random family from Kentucky <laughs> that like <laughs> lives a hundred miles away from your campus and you, they, they're not going to commute to your service, but they've been coming or attending mm-hmm. your online service for several weeks. Maybe you've even had a conversation with them, maybe even a phone call. Um, but they're actually starting to feel like they are a part of your church. And so you have this kind of issue now where your doors are starting to open, but you also want to kind of bring those people into the fold even if they're from a distance. Right. And so this is a problem, honestly, that the majority of pastors have not really had to work with before. Um, <laughs> and we didn't so, get this training in Bible college. Exactly. Once again, the whole mind the gap thing, like right. there was never a course. <laughs> we never had a test on this. And so they just did not prepare us for a global <laughs> pandemic. pandemic. <laughs> I know we just missed, I must've used one of my skips on that day or something. But so it's this completely, whether you're a veteran pastor or a new pastor, it's just something we're not prepared for. So Brandon, you actually just put together this course um, to help people walk through this process that really we've never had to deal with before. Yeah. So when all of this started happening and, you know, at least for us here, it was kind of like we got the notice. I want to say it was a Thursday or a Friday. Uh, hey, you know, we're shutting things down and, and you're not able to meet again. And so within that, you know, three-day window before Sunday, our church had to figure out how to do an online service. And so, and I think there were lots of churches out there in that same situation had to figure it out quick. And so what I realized a week or two in when I, it became evident that it was going to be a longer period was that these, these, all of these churches were going to build these online audiences or these online uh, attenders to church and there would come a point where they would have to figure out what to do with them because, you know, for, for just a couple weeks, it was okay to just do service on a Sunday, you know, maybe do a couple Facebook lives throughout the week. But as we got deeper into this, it became evident that we churches all across the country had to somehow create a higher level of engagement because, you know, when a family sits down on Sunday morning and decides what they're going to do for service, they could do anything. They could go mm-hmm. to any church across the country. And so, you know, it became obvious that churches needed to be able to not only do a Sunday morning, but they also had to engage throughout the week and, and somehow pull those people deeper into, uh, you know, into an engagement with their churches. Pastors are going to have to do that. And so, so I really, I just, I got to work and I started, you know, doing the research and, and figuring out what all of the online churches who have been around for years, trying to figure out what they've been doing. What have they done consistently? What have they done over time? How are they creating this, this engagement with an online community that never walks through their doors? And I, you know, took all of that and been, you know, kind of looking at all that information and built out this course um, to kind of just help pastors across the country increase their engagement because because again it's not just a now problem it's it's a after we open our doors what do we do do we abandon that online church that we've created or do we figure out how to engage them and maybe even at some point get them to walk into our doors um, when the opportunity arises and so actually today um 
my course is going to launch. Uh, and the course is called Social Engagement Secrets for Online Churches. And in the course, as I said, what I do is I take these five secrets that online successful online churches know and practice. I take these five secrets and, and teach how to use them to increase engagement for your own, uh, for your own church. And, and, and not only do you learn the, the, the five secrets, but you also walk away from the course with five uh, powerful strategies that are ready to execute and increase your engagement with your online church. And so yeah, and I'm I excited to get it out there. Yeah, I think that's super important because once again, um, this is something that we just haven't had to deal with. Right. It's been, we've stumbled upon this problem. We tried to fix a problem and we're granted an opportunity. And it's this really weird zone that we're in as far as churches go. Um, where it's for us, I know it's really opened up a lot of things that we hadn't honestly considered. We've had a lot of people who are shut-ins who are now so thankful that they can experience church in a way they never have before. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not even necessarily always proximity, but there's just certain people. Um, I believe I shared this on an earlier episode, but there was someone who, uh, they had a, a son with special needs and they felt uncomfortable bringing them to church because uh, they had some form of Tourette's. And so they just would be disruptive in a church setting, but they were able to worship and engage into church with their son because it was at home. And so once again, like this is just a problem that's popped up because of COVID and because of the quarantine that some pastors just aren't ready for. And so that's why I'm super excited to kind of go through the course and just kind of learn some things that, you know, are in that gap that, we didn't learn about because we weren't really planning on this happening. Right. Yeah. And so, and that's even what we want to do tonight. We want to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and just give our listeners a, a glimpse of what the course covers. And, 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 and so in this episode, we're going to talk about um, why it's important to be consistent uh, with your social media posting and, 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 you know, how you engage with your audience Um, be consistent to increase the engagement. And so, um, you know, Matt, what have you guys talked about at where you are in your church? What have you guys talked about regarding how you're going to be consistent once the doors open for your church? Yeah. And so in Michigan, we're super strict. Uh, so actually within the past couple of days, uh, the governor's announced that we're actually going to go to the 28th. Uh, and so that's kind of like our Michigan timeline. And I know that we're a little bit more strict. So like for you guys in Iowa, like you can, you can currently, if you choose to open church, have church, but we, it's looking like probably won't even be able to meet until June. And so, you know, each church and each situation is going to be a little bit different, but what we're planning right now is to kind of roll things out in phases. And we actually have this four phase plan that says, okay, in phase one, we do X, Y, and Z. In phase two, we add a few more elements. In phase three, we start having kids services, all this sort of stuff. But the big thing is that on all four phases, there's the line of online church continues, which right. means that even before uh, we open up our doors again, even though it might change a little bit, even though it might look a little bit different, we're still planning on having online contact very similar to what we are having currently while our doors are closed. And I think that that's a decision that you need to be even thinking about now before you open your doors, Um, whether that's having a volunteer kind of 
um, jump in or step in, or maybe you have a part-time staff member, or maybe it's something that you're skilled in to kind of keep that rolling. Even after your doors open, you still have all those responsibilities. So the big thing that we are really trying to get across is that you need to view your online church as if it's someone's actual church, because for someone, it is the only church that they know. Mm -hmm. We know there's a lot of people who have been tuning in for the first time. We've seen that with numbers and all of our statistics that we've seen that there are people who it's been very easy to kind of dip your toe in the water. If all you have to do is just hop on your computer or check it out on your phone. And so some people who maybe have been avoiding church for years have had the opportunity over the last couple of weeks and months to check out a church in kind of a safe environment in their own home. And so you need to view that as your church, even though that might have not been the original intention. The original intention might have been to spiritually feed the people who call your church home before the pandemic. You now probably have a group of people who view your church as their church, even though they've never met you or stepped foot inside of your building. Right. Um, and so that's almost how you have to view it. Um, another important element of consistency is that you're regularly posting. And part of that is because it actually makes it easier for people to find you. Um, on top of just having that consistency of people knowing that they can find you on Sunday morning, Mm -hmm. but there's actually all this like math and technology mumbo jumbo (laughs) that actually when you're consistent, it actually makes it easier. If someone Googles churches in my area or is looking for you online, it makes it easier for them to find you if you are consistent. Yeah. And so really what that is, is kind of the back end of all of your social media platforms. There's this algorithm that's running and, and every social media platform, their algorithm runs differently. They've, you know, they've coded it differently and it works differently, but basically the idea behind the algorithm is what it does is it learns what you want on your Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is. It learns what you want and it brings the people and the content that it believes you're going to, to interact with or that you're going, going to enjoy. And so, so for instance, if I were to, you know, if I were to tune in and watch Matt, Pastor Matt, unpack his Funko Pops. Which uh, you can if you would like to because <laughs> everyone likes Funko Pops. Obviously, I know this is for pastors and leaders and they, you know, those things go hand in hand action figure bobbleheads and leading people to the Lord. So, Obviously. But, but if you were so inclined and you wanted to watch me open Funko Pops, you could. You could. You could. And, and what would happen is you, along with me, we would tune in, we would watch Matt unpack his Funko Pops and scan his barcodes. And then in the days following, what we would see is we would see Pastor Matt showing up in our feed more often. And we would probably also get ads having to do with Funko Pops. And so, um, so, that's how the algorithm works. The algorithm works is it pays attention to what you're doing and it brings that stuff to you, which is, you know, why it kind of gives this feeling sometimes that maybe your computer is listening in or, or learning too much about you. You know, it gets a little, little freaky, a little bit creepy, a little bit creepy. How much your computer knows? There's two trains of thought. Like my wife thinks it's super creepy and I think it's super awesome. Yeah. Cause I'm like, Hey, you're just mainstreaming exactly what I want to see. You're getting rid of the clutter and showing me what I want to see. But we also, it's also doing that for your church. And it's also doing that for your ministry is if you are being consistent, that it's telling that algorithm that you are a trustworthy person that they can recommend to people 
And that, because you have to think about it this way, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, these are all companies that want to make a good experience for the consumer. Mm -hmm. And so they want to, they want to send people to someone that that is consistent, Mm -hmm. that they can go to time and time again. They don't want to send someone to, or recommend something that is going to be posting once every four months, because then they're not going to enjoy getting on Facebook regularly or YouTube regularly. Right. Well, and that's actually a change that's happened in the last um, few years with most of these algorithms is that quality content is now getting precedent. And so if you're Mm -hmm. putting out good quality content and people are engaging with it, well, then you're going, you're moving up in the algorithm and you're getting in front of more people. And so, and, and there are a lot of factors that go into that, you know, so one is frequency. Are you, are you posting frequently? So even going back to, if you're just doing your Sunday morning service, I mean, that's great for the people that are already looking to come to your service. But if you're looking to draw in new people or other people um, that are maybe in your community, you need to do more throughout the week, increase that frequency rate so that the social media platform will push you in front of the people that are right down the street. Because you could be putting your Sunday morning service out every week and the people down the street never hear of you on, on their online platform. But if you're putting stuff out frequently, then, then the algorithm is going to move you up uh, for that person. Um, at the same time, so, so there's frequency, how often you post, but there's also regularity. So, you know, your Sunday morning services, it's, it's every Sunday at whatever time at nine o'clock or 1030 or whatever you've chosen. So you're doing that regularly. But what are you doing throughout the rest of the week? Are you, you know, are you doing a regular uh, prayer meeting or are you doing a regular worship session or a regular discussion or whatever? Are you doing things regularly? Because again, the more regular you are and the more consistent you are and when you're getting out there, the more the algorithm can say, this is a trustworthy source and we're going to send new people to you. Um, and then the other thing to pay attention to is what, what are the actions being taken on your social media platform? You know, when you're posting, are people liking it? Are they sharing it? Are they doing comments? Are they following? Um, all of these actions, the more actions you get, uh, the better. And so even before all of this happened, you know, I know at, at our church, what we would do sometimes on a Sunday morning is, um, you know, we would all pull out our phones, you know, during offering or some other random time. And, you know, pastor would say, get out your phones. And we'd all pull them out and say, everybody like today's service or like today's message or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so when the whole congregation quickly does a like, that boosts in the algorithm and gets it in front of new people. And so all of those actions that you, you know, take, especially the comments, I would say really focus a lot on your comments. When people are yes. commenting with you, that's a huge level of engagement because they're not just watching or, or driving by. They're stopping, paying attention, and taking the time to comment. And so if you engage with them in those comments, that boosts your algorithm up a ton. And so really pay attention to those. Um, yeah. And even right now, we have pastors who are on the chats in Facebook and YouTube and all those sort of things. And a big part of their job is literally responding to people's comments because we want people to feel like they are engaged in the service, not just observing it, but a part of it. Right. Right. So then the other thing to keep in mind with your online platforms and, and, and why it's important to be consistent is the perspective that you put out there 
on those online platforms is all people out there have to go off of. So, you know, if you're super charming and charismatic and enjoyable and everything else, um, but when you get online, you're kind of a deadpan and, you know, kind of hum and monotone. Well, that's what people out there are mm-hmm. going to believe you are because that's all they really have to see. They don't get to see you in that personal moment or they don't get to see you, you know, engaging with a small group. They don't get to see that. And so, you know, and that goes for the church as a whole, whatever you're putting out there um, from on your social media platforms, that's the perspective that people have of you as a pastor of the church as a whole of your community um, there at the church. And so, you know, keep in mind, what's the perspective. So, so imagine it this way. You, when you post your Sunday morning service or you go, you know, that Facebook live or whatever, that's, that's taking and, and kind of creating a picture of who you are for your online uh, community. Now, the more you post, the more consistency, consistently and the more regularly you post, the more you fill in that picture for your online community. Mm-hmm. They, they get to see the depth of who you are. They get to see, are you really funny or are you really engaging? Are you very caring and compassionate? They get to see those pieces, you know, as a church, are you engaged with the community on a deeper level or, you know, do you value missions or, you know, whatever it is, the more you post and put out there, the more you fill in the picture for people and you increase the perspective they have to get closer and closer to the reality of who you actually are. And that's important because, you know, probably online more than live, you are crafting that brand a lot more because when people come to your church, they, there's a little bit of grace that they have, you know, they come in and, you know, they see the, the, the ficus tree in the corner that's all dusty and, (laughs) you know, they kind of just shrug it off. Like, okay, somebody's just forgotten about it or whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, but when you're in an online community and, you know, there's something out of place or doesn't work there's too many other options for them just to be like, eh, I'm going over here. Mm-hmm. So it's just important that you're consistently putting out um, good content uh, because it just, it, it, it increases uh, the perspective of, of how people see you um, and, and gives them a better picture of who you are. Yeah. And I think that one thing that we really want to get across when it comes to social media is that you just need to view it as your actual self. You need to view it as this is your church. Right. So if you're inconsistent in your content, then people won't have confidence to reach out to you. Their pastor, like that's the thing is they are not someone who is just viewing your service. You are not a resource, but for some of these people, you are becoming their pastor. Right. Uh, the same as someone who attends your church on a regular basis. The same way that someone uh, that you bump into at the coffee shop and you want them to come to your physical location, uh, the same that's the same way. Mm-hmm. So if you're inconsistent when it comes to these things that you might consider minor, because I do feel like that's a stigma that um, kind of is in a lot of pastors' minds is like this whole idea of like, oh, well, it's just Facebook or it's just Instagram right. or you know, I have more important things to kind of tend to, but if that's their church, um, then they're going to feel like you're inconsistent as a person, kind of like you were saying, that's all they have to go off of. So when it does come to a time of need, when it comes to a spiritual crisis or a relationship crisis, 
or something where they need you as their pastor. If you're inconsistent, they're not going to trust you in those moments to maybe um, send you an email or try to call the church or reach out to you somehow. So that consistency fills that out a little bit Mm -hmm. and says, hey, I'm here for you, not just on Sunday mornings, but I'm here for you all the time. I'm here the same that you would be uh, for someone who's actually physically in your community. Right. Um, One big thing about being online too, and this is going to be a big kind of shift for a lot of people, is you need to make your online audience a priority, not an afterthought. So once again, we feel like this whole COVID thing, the quarantine, we were kind of just making it up as we went. Mm -hmm. And then it provided us this awesome opportunity. But now we don't want to squander this awesome opportunity. And we don't want to view this just as a resource for people who are already attending the church, but as an opportunity to reach the lost that we maybe not haven't had before. So one of the things at uh, 242, the venue that I work at, the campus I work at is in Saginaw and we're a video venue. So honestly, this wasn't much of a change because we had live worship, but all of the messages were broadcast from Brighton, um, another campus. But one thing that I always appreciated is that whoever was speaking at Brighton to the live audience would always greet Saginaw. Hey, everybody from Saginaw. Hope you're doing well. Good to see you. And so there's that little bit of awkwardness probably for the people in Brighton because it's like, who's he talking to? <laughs> like, why is he talking to someone like that? But for the people in Saginaw, it was this amazing thing where it's like, oh, he's talking to us. It's not that we're watching some replay or we're just kind of listening in on someone else's conversation, but they felt like they were a part of what was going on. And so having your online audience be a part of what you're doing, and you're not going to get it right all the time, but maybe uh, trying to eliminate certain things like saying this morning or this evening or something like that. But imagine someone who is sitting with their family at home enjoying the service is that something that they're going to connect connect with relate to um and so that's one thing that we really want to make sure that we're hitting when it comes to social media is realizing that this is some people's church right and it's not just a resource for people who are physically attending our locations so i know we just threw a lot at you like we threw some math at you and google and <laughs> algorithms um but we also just don't want to squander this amazing opportunity that we've basically stumbled upon. Right. That, um, like I said, going back to that family from Kentucky, that you might have someone that, you know, even 10 years ago, you would have no opportunity whatsoever to share the gospel with them. And now you have influence in their life and you've been gaining that even unintentionally over the past couple of weeks. And so we just don't want to squander that. and We want to be good stewards of that. And so that's why I'm super excited about the course that's getting launched today. So could you actually tell us just a little bit more about uh, on top of all the social media stuff, like what will people be getting out of this and what is the importance of this course? Yeah. So again, this is pulling from what su- successful online churches already do. Um, it's, it's, they understand that it's not about a Sunday morning service, but it's about a complete strategy of ministry to engage people and connect them with God. And so, so what the course does is it it takes these five secrets that these churches know and teaches the secrets and then equips pastors to then build out 
five different strategies. And so it's, you know, it's going to look at the social media, like we talked about today, it's going to look at how do we do discipleship and how do we do, um, you know, how do we, how do we preach in a different way with an online audience uh, tuning in? So it's going to look at these five different areas um, and it's going to, it's going to give the secrets. It's going to give the strategies and, and kind of line out moving forward, how you can, as a pastor, how you can, continue to minister to your live audience, but how you can then also boost your engagement with your, uh, with your online, um, community. And I, and I, like you said, it's an opportunity we've stumbled into and, and I would hate for us to squander. And at the same time, you know, even why we do what we do here with mind the gap, we don't want pastors to have to spend, you know, time and energy and, and, and finances to figure things out when there's, there's a simple answer. And that's what I try to do is build this course out. So it's quick, it's easy, it's understandable. And it's, 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 it's practical enough that you can implement it right away. And so the course and is called- one of the things I really like about it is um, the fact that there are some churches who are already doing this successfully. Yes. That have, uh, you know, because like you said, with Mind the Gap, we really want to equip people that maybe you're bivocational or maybe like we were been saying, like you just stumbled upon this. You just wanted to equip the people who could not physically attend your location. And now you've been blessed with an awesome opportunity. These are people who, you know, maybe have better resources or more time or have been strategically thinking this out. And we want to be able to learn from them mm-hmm. and we want to be able to do all that, but without having to, you know, you yourself have to go out and get all these things together. That's one of the things I love when I was looking over the course is the fact that that's all been gathered together. So then you can be more efficient and not miss out on this opportunity that God's given us. Right, exactly. And so, so the course is called social engagement secrets for online church. And again, it's going to go through the secrets and go through the strategies, but then along with the course. So I wanted to not just give the course, but I wanted to give some more resources and so along with the course, and you purchase the course, you'll also get my book, Millennial Leadership, which is really a guide for how to be a successful leader in this new millennium, in this new world, especially after COVID and quarantine and everything else. So much has changed and, and is going to continue to change. Um, my book, Millennial Leadership, kind of falls right in line with that and helping ministry leaders just be more impactful in how they lead in this new world we're creating. And so, you, so you'll get my book, you'll get um, another book from a friend of mine, Chris McClure. Uh, the book is called The Way to Greatness. And, and what, what Chris has done is he is, he's, find, he, he's found five different um, habits that you, can, uh, that you can do on a regular basis, daily basis. And it, 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 it's kind of a roadmap to, to greatness. It's a roadmap to live the life that Jesus has called us to, um, equipped us for. And, and Chris just does a great job of lining that out um, and leading us down. And so you'll get that book and you'll get two more courses along with this one. You'll get uh, how to write a blog that connects, which basically just gives you um, a step-by-step instruction on how to, um, how to get a, you know, cause when we, when we do blogs, when you write a blog or I write a blog, you know, it, you know, it's trying to figure out, okay, what's the, what's the topic to write on? Is it, you know, is it something that's going to connect with people? Well, what I do in the, in the course is I walk you step-by-step so that when you write your blog post and get it out there to your online audience, you know, it's going to land with them. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to hit with um, where they are and what's going on. And so you're going to get that course. And then you're, you're also get another course um, from another friend of mine, Matt Newell. He's a 
program therapist. And what Matt did is he created a course um, called Challenge, uh, Challenging Negative Thinking. And what he did was is he created uh, this step-by-step process that you can follow as a, as a pastor to keep you in the right mindset in ministry. Because uh, I would imagine every pastor listening to this has gone through difficult times, is facing difficult times, you know, is, is you may, maybe even, you know, struggling with depression or negative Mm -hmm. thoughts or whatever. And what Matt does is he gives us tools to battle that, to, to keep us in the right mindset as a pastor and to serve our people well. And so, so you're going to get all three courses, the two books, you're going to get all that for $97. And we're going to put the link to the course um, in the description of this episode. And so you'll be able to easily find it um, and, and go to the website and, and look at all of it, see if it's something you're interested in and go ahead and purchase it right there. That's awesome. And I love how kind of well-rounded it is. Like obviously the, the meat and potatoes is we want you to kind of look at this online church that once again, you might've even started by accident, mm-hmm. but now you have like this online campus and what do you do with that? And how do you use it effectively? But I also love, for example, I know there's a ton of people who have been writing blogs because they are at home and they have stuff that they want to share, whether it's with their congregation or just with maybe their friends on Facebook. Right. But how to do that effectively because they just kind of are word vomiting at this point. Like they're like, I have these ideas. And so that course is amazing because once again, the big thing that we really want to help people with is to not necessarily teach you specifically how to do these things because some of you guys are incredibly talented and incredibly gifted, whether that's at speaking or leading or whatever that might be. But we just want you to get the most impact possible. Right. And so these courses really, really help you out. And so I'm super excited about it and I'm glad that like people can get it like now it's not like okay well in three months like first ones wouldn't it be great if you knew all this sort of stuff (laughs) but like right now like before you even kind of hit the ground and opening up your doors like you can start that process today so that's really great yeah so any final thoughts matt as we close out yeah i just really you know i feel like i've said this a few times in this episode but i really just don't want people to waste this opportunity Mm -hmm. i feel like the natural and we've talked about this in previous ones we don't want to be the church that just the goal is to get back to the way that things were we want to be a church that can be flexible that can bend not in our theology not in you know what we believe but in our practices to say, okay, this maybe wasn't on my radar when I was like doing my two, when I was in 2019, I'm, I'm like looking back at 2019, we were at staff, can, like staff conference, can, yeah, staff retreats, and we're planning out 2020. And like so much of that is just out the window. And so like, and I feel like there's a lot of staffs that were like that, a lot of pastors who have been like that, where the mission strip you were planning on going on is no longer a thing. We just announced that we're no longer doing summer camps. Like, you know, just all these sort of things kind of go out the window. And I think that we can either be discouraged and say, oh man, that really stinks. Or we can move forward and say, wow, this is an opportunity that we have to do something different or maybe pivot in a different way that we haven't done before. And so uh, whether it's this course or this podcast or even talking to other churches and seeing what they're doing, I just really hope that we don't waste what we've kind of been cultivating, even accidentally, over these past couple of weeks and months, 
by doing things online. So that's my big thing is just don't waste what you have either gotten intentionally or accidentally uh, once you decide to physically open up your doors again. Right. So Brandon, what are your kind of final thoughts about maybe this topic or just what we've been talking about or moving forward? Yeah. The thing that keeps coming back to mind for me is, uh, you know, online church is here to stay. It's not mm-hmm. going anywhere. And, you know, as a futurist and looking at trends and trying to figure out what the world's going to look like, um, you know, what, what world are we going to live in, in in the next 15 or 20 years? Online church is definitely a part of that, uh, a part of that reality. And so it's not a question of, of do we engage with online church? It's how do we engage with online church? And I think that, you know, I, I don't think an online church is going to replace live church, but I think the online experience is going to enhance mm-hmm. what the live experience is. And so, um, you know, we've talked about it in, in previous episodes that this whole situation is this great opportunity for the church to step up and really shine. And I think that, um, you know, getting so many churches online through these past couple of months, it really, it pushes us forward. Um, and in a lot of ways catches us up to the rest of the world, Mm -hmm. um, without us really meaning to, or, or even wanting to in some way, (laughs) Yeah, kicking and screaming, but we're here, (laughs) we're here, we're here. And so, you know, what I think the greatest tragedy will be is the churches that choose to shut down their online when their doors open. And, and I think you're going to have a lot of orphaned um, believers out there, a lot of orphaned attenders who have been going to an online church and either one, they can't go to a physical church or they just don't want to at this point. Mm-hmm. And so the churches that choose to stay online and increase their engagement and increase how they reach out and minister to those people, um, I think that they're going to see uh, exponential growth and exponential impact because at the end of the day, this isn't about church. It's not about attendance. It's not about those mm-hmm. things. It's about advancing the kingdom of God. And how are we doing that? The internet is an incredible tool to use. And as pastors, if we just kind of hang that tool up on the wall of the shed and say, man, eh, we don't really need it right now because our doors are open again. Yeah. I think we're missing a huge opportunity uh, to really bring people into relationship with Christ. And I think that's a tragedy. So, um, so I'm excited. I'm excited about the course. I'm excited about, you know, seeing what churches are going to do in the months uh, to come to engage their online audiences and, and integrate it into their live audience um, as well. Mm-hmm. And so, and again, you don't know how many people are going to walk through your doors in the next few months, simply because they fell in love with you and the church and the church community by watching you online. So Absolutely. I just think it's an exciting time. And I just want to encourage all the pastors tuning into this, grab a hold of it. Uh, disruption mm-hmm. is the, is the catalyst for innovation. So be innovators, trail that, you know, blaze that trail and, uh, and, and take the bull by the horns and every other possible metaphor I can think of <laughs> and do great things for the kingdom of God. So, uh, awesome. so just thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. We love doing this and spending time with you and hope there's value for you. Um, as you come in and, and, and spend a little time with us. And uh, thanks, Matt, for your insight today. Yeah, man, it's been fun. I love these little, uh, so peek behind the curtain, late night talks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's been it's been good. And I think that, um, what is this, the eighth episode? Yeah. Yeah, dude, so we're cruising, man. We we're, we're, we're hitting double digits soon. So yeah, we, got, we got past that. that seven threshold. So Exactly, seven, seven's the one where people quit. But hey, man, we're here. We're yeah. ready to roll. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in and we will see you in the next episode.
If you know of a ministry leader looking to grow and take their ministry to the next level, please share this podcast with them. Go deeper by joining us on Facebook under I Will Mind the Gap, where you can ask questions that we can answer in future episodes. Remember to subscribe to the podcast, rate it, and share it. Until next time, continue to mind the gap of your ministry.